not everything needs to be a story for it to be story driven. As long as it fits into this narrative of your customer, as long as it clearly relates to their internal journey, then it's fine. You know, so I think those, those are two big ones. Customer doesn't have to be the protagonist and not everything needs to be a story. Welcome to the special episode series of Brand Start, where we dive deeper into the world of branding. Let me take you on a journey of discovery of what branding really is, its most important facets, and how you can leverage branding to grow your business. Hear it from different branding experts from all over the world. Hey everyone, I hope things are good with you and thanks for tuning in. My name is Leonard Grape and for today's episode, I'd like to say that you're in for a treat because we're going to talk another important aspect of branding as we continue with this special episode series. But what we will be uncovering today is all about stories, specifically on how stories relate to branding and why it is important that you should understand how to craft and tell the story of your brand. Joining me today to discuss this is a story-driven marketing expert and the co-founder of Tales Consulting, all the way from New Zealand, Helena Mersdorf. Helena, thanks for being here and welcome to Brand Start. Thank you, Leonard, and um, thanks for having me. I'm really honored to be here and talk a little bit more about a really passionate topic of mine, brand storytelling. Yeah, let's get warmed up. Can you please tell us your background, what you do, and your expertise? Yeah, absolutely. So I am the co-founder of Tales Consulting, as you mentioned, um, and we're a dedicated brand storytelling and content marketing agency here in New Zealand. We work mainly with um, B2B and tech clients across the world to really help them tell their brand story to create marketing content that's more story-driven. And I'm sure we'll touch on that later, what kind of the difference is there. Um, and to convey their brand identity uh, to their audience in a really coherent and cohesive way so that their audience gets a clear picture of what they do and, and the why behind that and build that likability and that trust. Yeah, there are already so many key elements of branding there in, in your brief answer. But let me set this up first by saying, uh, I think stories are really one of the most incredible gifts to mankind, right? Uh, and it's almost a universal truth, whether you contextualize it with business or even just in, in the world as a general place to be, uh, where we get to connect through storytelling. So it's such a huge concept, but I want to ground this first. Let me ask you, Helena, what is a story for you? So a story is really the chronicle of a character who wants something and overcomes a series of obstacles in order to get what they want. So that's like in a really, in a nutshell, we've got a character, he wants something, there's obstacles, uh, there's emotion who's, that's driving that want, and there's a plot. So that's just that the what actually happens. So those are like the basic um building blocks of a story, if you will. And then you can put them together in different ways. So, you know, you've probably heard of a lot of different story structures. Um, it can be as simple as a three-arc story structure or a complex hero journey, or it even goes into something like a 12-act 
uh, structure if you're looking into um, you know the filmmaking and the novel side of things so there's complex ways to put it together but there's also easy ways to put it together and I think that's where brand storytelling can go wrong and can get overcomplicated in that people get a bit too confused and get hung up on really these overly um, complex methodologies when it's we don't need to go that far. So um, what, we, what we're looking at is the identifiable character, the authentic emotion, and the plot. And then we build it together. Wow. Let, let me try and make sure I got that. So what I'm hearing is it's a structured way of narrating your story, but the key elements there is there has to be like a, an identifiable character who has a goal, uh, but for for him to reach that goal, there'll be some obstacles and what are the motions that can really get him going to reach that goal. Uh, that's, a, that's a really good way to put it. And you mentioned some different tactical points on how that can be achieved. But before we go to the how, let me also ask, why do you think storytelling is important? So it's the way we communicate our human experience, you know, um, from, from childhood. And even if we look back through through the years, um, through human history, storytelling has always been the way that we make sense of the world, you know. So as a small child, if they don't understand something, you tell them a story. And it gives it gives them context and it gives them something to grasp onto and relate to so that they can remember. And, you know, back in history, um, if, if there was like, you know, if when we were cavemen and there was a saber-toothed tiger and someone tells someone else the story of what happened when their grandfather encountered a saber-toothed tiger, they're going to remember it, you know, and they're not going to make that same mistake. So it's a way of using an emotional package to transfer information, which makes it a lot more memorable. So it makes it up to 22 times more memorable than if you simply convey it as information. So that's kind of the, the goal, and that's where it, where it's come from in a human evolution perspective. So we're all really hardwired to tell stories and to respond to storytelling. It taps into our emotions, and it connects information with emotions in a way that no other form of communication can. Uh, let, let me make sure that that's emphasized. I hope our listeners caught that. When you convey something just as an information, it's sort of like it's just a plain fact. But if you say it in a way that it's in a story format, it becomes 22 times more memorable. Uh, yeah. that, that's, that's a really good data you have there. Uh, and I'm sure now a business owner would probably think, okay, th- that's, that's good and all. I, I've seen stories used in the filmmaking industry or maybe in books, maybe in literature. But let's now make it more contextualized to brands. How would you relate the role of storytelling to businesses and brands? So really, it's a messaging strategy to communicate your brand identity. So at this point, we might want to clarify that when when we talk about brand storytelling, it's not the same thing as telling a story, okay? So telling a story is really the act of taking this character, this theme, this emotion, and this plot and packaging it into a nice little parcel that traverses those highs and lows, that conflict, um, you know, overcoming the conflict and so on and so forth. Whereas brand storytelling is a messaging strategy. It's basically branding plus storytelling. So you've got your brand identity, 
and you're using a storytelling structure to convey that brand identity over time to build this brand authority, this awareness, and this trust. So what does that look like practically? Essentially, if you've got your brand identity and you know um, exactly who you serve and what you do for them and why, then you can look at your customer from a narrative kind of perspective. So you'll think about your ideal customer and you think about, okay, where are they before they encounter your brand? So we're talking about like emotionally and, and what's the actual problem? So not just emotions, also what, what's their actual problem? How does it make them feel? And then we look at where do they want to go? So this is the transformation that they're looking for. And essentially this where are they to where they want to go gives us the plot of the story. So this is basically then everything that you communicate as a brand should support this plot from showing your customer where they are to where they want to go because that's the internal story they're telling themselves, right? So um, if a customer has a problem, they've got an internal narrative running through their mind. And if you understand this, where they are to where they want to go, and the role that your brand plays in helping them get there, then you can position your brand into their personal narrative through your content, through your marketing, so that you're always kind of showing them along the way, you know, how you can guide them to towards this ultimate transformation. So that really is brand storytelling. It's not necessarily always telling stories. It's understanding your customer's story, their internal story, and knowing how to dock onto that, how to embed your brand within their narrative throughout their entire customer journey so that they get this cohesive experience of your brand and that they are kind of along their hero's journey in a way and you're the guide. So that's like we always hear at the guide or, or the sidekick or something. So you're helping them um, navigate that experience. So that's really brand storytelling. Hmm. There's so many key nuggets of wisdom there. Is there a way, though, that you can further make this more tangible by citing any example? Because I, this is making a lot of sense to me. Uh, and I love how you try to emphasize that this is not exactly telling a story. Brand storytelling really is a messaging strategy, strategy that you incorporate to the business that you have. But your focal point shouldn't really be who you are, what you are, what you do. Uh, maybe you'll tackle those, but it has to be focused on where your target customer is and you called it the idle place and what's the transformation journey that you want to give them. Do you have any brand in mind that can be sort of like a good example, maybe one of the clients that you've helped or other big brands that sort of do this very well, Helena? So if you break it down, if you really look at... Um... I, I, not a, a single example doesn't spring to mind, but if you look at any of the big kind of tech brands, they tend to do this really well. So what you might see from the outside is that they have a really clear mission statement. Um, for instance, Microsoft, I think, has a mission statement. Um, we're going to have to research this and pop it in later, but it's something along the lines of empowering um, you know, so 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 the theme that the emotional part is about empowering people to um, be more productive or something. Uh, so we're going to have to check that. But the, the the key is the empowerment, and it's helping 
all people be empowered to use technology in a way that brings them forward, right? So that's their mission statement. So on the very top level, you could say that's their brand story because that is the story of what they are wanting to achieve for their clients. It's got a plot, it's got a theme, so an emotion, and it's got a character. But at this stage, it's super top level. The character is literally anybody, right? And we don't, we can't, as a brand, we can't talk to anybody. So what then needs to happen is that it's broken down into story pillars, you know? So what they might do is they could look at, okay, what does this look for like for businesses? Okay, how does Microsoft empower businesses to be more productive, right? And then they could develop a set of narratives under that story pillar. And then they might look at students. How does Microsoft empower students to be more productive? And then they could uh, develop a set of narratives under that story pillar. Um, how does Microsoft empower people working from home to be more productive, more connected? And they could have that as a story pillar. And each of these story pillars, you know, there's narratives running under those story pillars. So say you're running a content marketing strategy for the working from home people and your Microsoft, right? So then you might start putting out pieces of content that show these working from home people how Microsoft can help them be more connected, more productive, and how all of that links back to this grander brand story. So basically, it's um, you've got this this mission statement as this top level story, and under that you can you can kind of split it. So that also takes care of the issue that a lot of brands run into of like, how do we talk to different audience groups at the same time? You know. Because uh, most big brands face this. You've got different products. You've got different services. You've got different audience groups. How do we talk to them all and still be coherent? And that's how you do it. You have a very top-level brand story, be as simple as a mission statement, and then you break it into these pillars, and you show how for each of those pillars it relates back to that top story. So does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, a lot, actually. And I sort of try and relate this to how we're doing branding also for clients and let me try to sort of build that up again with how you really said it it all starts with taking a look at first at your business intrinsically which is essentially what branding is right mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't have to be very grandiose you take a look at your mission statement uh, mm -hmm. so that's your intrinsic part and then you identify who really is your target customer you said it very well, and I'd allude to that. As a brand, you can't be talking to everybody. The moment you do that, you're essentially talking to nobody, right? Mm -hmm. And then with, with that customer, you now identify your storytelling in a way that relates to that. So whether that's a segmented market, you have to make sure that you're taking a look at that in a way that will resonate to them, with them as the hero of the plot story. That's and right. then uh, I also love when you broke it down into story pillars. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like just one overarching. You maybe have that, like your mission statement or your brand story, which is just a one component of the whole brand strategy for you. And then ultimately, the way you want to execute it is to make sure that you're impacting your market in a coherent way. Uh, did I give justice to how, how you said it? Yeah, absolutely. You did a magnificent job. <laughs> Thanks so, for that. Go the, ahead. Go um, ahead. The, the, so, so just for hooking into those brand pillars again, those story pillars, 
So um, relating back to what I said before with this internal narrative structure, you would redo that for each story pillar. So essentially you want to find out what's the internal narrative arc or the hero's journey um, for the businesses working with Microsoft, for the students working with Microsoft, for the working from home people working with Microsoft. So because each of them has like a slightly different internal narrative arc. And if you can tap into that in your content, it will appeal to this segment of the market very specifically. But if you then also relate it back to that overarching brand story, then it paints a very coherent overall brand picture. So that's what I like to think of it as like a, a hierarchy in that sense, you know? Is it now valid to say that before you even reach to the point of figuring out what your messaging strategy is, you really have to go back first and identify the core of your business? Uh, because it seems to me like, how would you know how to narrate a story if you don't have those basic stuff set out? Is that valid to say? Would you say, because my question now is, where should they actually begin? I know you mentioned several tactical steps already, but just to try and further flesh that out, you have a business, do you just proceed and then figure out how you tell your story? Or is there any other things that they need to be put in place first as a starting point for them? So you... You need a brand. I know. I mean, if, if brand storytelling is the act of conveying, communicating your brand identity over time to build trust and to build authority and awareness, then you need a brand to communicate. So it all starts with that branding piece, um, with really kind of understanding the value proposition you bring to market, with your positioning, with um you know, your audience base that you serve is a really big one with understanding the customer journey. Uh, so you really need to nail down that brand. And then you need to really understand this storytelling piece, which is essentially the customer's internal hero's journey for maybe if it's a small brand, it's just a singular one. If it's a big brand, you know, it's four, five, 10, 20, whatever, however many story pillars you, you need, you really kind of got to dig into each of them individually and understand what this internal story arc is. And then the third piece is then, you know, so, so, so far, this is all brand development, right? So you're, you're defining your brand identity and you're defining your brand messaging from a story, from a narrative perspective. So that's why I say brand storytelling is really a messaging strategy because you know if it's if you're taking a non-storytelling approach you would just at this point be developing your brand messages um i'm so deep in the brand storytelling world i don't know how you would develop messages that resonate without um aligning the, with your customer's narrative but i'm sure people do it so that's kind of that's this messaging component but then when you've developed all of that then comes the activation part so this is the part of actually disseminating your brand story your brand stories out into the world. So this is your marketing, this is your content marketing, your advertising, all the different ways of actually putting that brand out there. So what we need is really a brand identity, yeah? And then we need a brand messaging strategy, and then we need a dissemination strategy. And when we put that all together with the story being like the, the backbone of the whole story, uh, sorry, of the whole strategy, then what we get is like a story-driven content strategy. So that just means that like all your content is aligned with one or the other of the story pillars, which all links back to your overall brand story. And so all of that kind of paints this coherent picture of your brand. 
it builds that trust, it builds that authority, and it really builds brand equity over time because you're adding value into the marketplace, which is increasing your brand value and all those nice things. <laughs> that's really great. And I hope our listeners would catch that. That's, I think, basically is already a crash course on how you bring your business to becoming a brand and then what are the different phases that will allow you to really impact your customers. Thank you so much, Elena, for being so generous in sharing that. I think a good question also for me that I should ask you is, are there any misconceptions about brand storytelling that you're seeing businesses have? Hi, thank you for listening to Brand Start. We are pausing for a quick break. Are you planning to launch a new healthy F&B product in the market? Unsure of how to position and brand it? Or maybe you want to relaunch an existing healthy F&B brand to help increase sales and customer loyalty. Well then, you've come to the right place. At The Vineyard, we help healthy F&B companies in building brands that stand out on the shelves, increase product sales, and drive repeat purchase. If you're interested in working with us, head on to www.thevineyardbc.com to jumpstart your brand development journey. Oh yeah, plenty. <laughs> so um, I, would, I like to think that Brand storytelling is like a really hot topic at the moment. Um, and with that comes a lot of misinformation. It's not not malicious type of misinformation, but a lot of, um, you know, people taking little snippets and, and running with it and, and calling it a story. So I've seen everything from, you know, blog articles being called stories to marketers becoming storytellers and um, you know, everyone's kind of adding storyteller to their LinkedIn bio and all that. And there's not really all that much behind it a lot of the time. So I think the misconception when it comes to storytelling, a couple of big ones. So one is that the customer always needs to be the protagonist of the story. And so this is a a simple misunderstanding, I think, that people are misconstruing hero and protagonist, right? So when you hear the advice of the customer needs to be the hero of the story, that means that the story needs to relate to your customer's hero's journey. You know, every piece of information you're giving your customer needs to fit within that narrative that we've defined for them, their hero's journey, because otherwise it's irrelevant to them. If it's not embedded in that context, if it doesn't somehow add to that or, or position within that, then it's, there's no use in saying it to them because it doesn't help them, right? It doesn't help them on the path of transformation they're looking for. So that's what it means to make them the hero. It means understanding their hero's journey and embedding your narrative into that. And what people uh, take it to mean sometimes is make your customer the hero of every story. And then hero equals protagonist. And so we get some really obscure stories you know and people ask to ask me they say like how can I make the customer the hero of my founder story you know isn't that one about me and it's like <laughs> yeah it's about you they're not the protagonist of that story you know they're the hero of that story in the sense of you wanting to relate that founder story back to to their needs you know you want to show how you founded this business to fill a need in the marketplace that helps them navigate their hero's journey you don't want to make them the protagonist of your founder story that would just be weird, right? Yeah. And it's the same with some other story types, like the origin story and so on. So that that's a big one, the, the hero versus protagonist. So what does it even mean for the customer to be the hero? And another one is simply the idea that 
brand storytelling means that every single piece of information you put out needs to be a story like you know once upon a time this happened or so on and so forth or we, we see it on LinkedIn all the time you know someone will start a post with a personal story and then pivot to something completely different just to have a story hook you know it'll be like this morning I was grooming my dog and here are 10 lessons that I learned about marketing from grooming my dog or something <laughs> like that you know and it's just crazy uh, not everything needs to be a story uh, for it to be story driven as long as it fits into this narrative of your customer as long as it clearly relates to their internal journey then it's fine you know so I think those those are two big ones so um, yeah customer doesn't have to be the protagonist and not everything needs to be a story those are really big ones because uh, I sort of like widening my eye listening to you and maybe it's up to me to go back and talk to my team and make sure that we're not doing this misconception. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really very funny and absurd. It sounds absurd and funny, but you're right. I think I've also been seeing a lot of that uh, when you you have to talk about your, your founding story. That, of course, has to be centered on you. So it's not necessarily that your audience would be the hero or the protagonist there. It's just gonna, not going to make sense. <laughs> and when you said that not everything needs to be a story. So... I, I wouldn't want to try and recap other things. I think you said it very perfectly, uh, Helena. And now I'd like to ask a couple more questions be, before we wrap this up. One of the things that I'm seeing also right now in terms of people trying to figure out how they'll tell their story is focusing on the different available platforms there are right now, Helena. Mm -hmm. So what I want to ask is, I think the big question is how do you, best tell the story of your brand relative to a platform and how do you actually identify which platform you need to focus on or do you need to be present in all the social media platforms email marketing etc cetera, etc cetera. what's your advice in those uh contexts so the way that i would approach this so really we're talking about content strategy now and this is really kind of the second big layer of brand storytelling. So we've got the we've got that first layer that I talked about, the internal hero's journey, right? And there's also the external story arc, which is the customer journey. And we kind of need them both to create this this brand content that makes sense um, across various channels, across various mediums. So the way that I would approach this piece, the actual activation, is to map out the customer journey and to really start like at the pre-awareness stage, because what we're also seeing is that a lot of B2B brands, they are eliminating, um, re refining their choices based on online research before they even get to the stage where they're at the consideration, where they're requesting proposals and so on and so forth. Um, so I was just reading some research and it was something like that B2B brands engage with three to six pieces of online content before they even decide whether they want to request a proposal from you. And all, all of this is happening at the very top of the funnel or like actually before the top of the funnel. So right in pre-awareness. Um, and then there's like the awareness phase where they're starting to kind of understand the problem, toss up between um, different solutions and then the consideration where they're really comparing providers um, and, you know, the, the education and the conversion and the nurture. Right. But what we want to then do to create to, to understand the external customer story or like how they move through your organization is to break it into those phases of awareness 
and identify the pains and problems and objections that they have at every phase, you know. So at this pre-awareness stage, it's not even about your brand or their problem necessary, necessarily. It's about the stuff that comes before that, right? And this is where you need to be picking them up and starting to talk to them and starting to offer value so that you're even in the running, in the consideration by the time that they hit that consideration phase, you know. So it doesn't work to tap into the narrative to say the same stuff to people who are at the very top of the funnel than at at the very bottom. So we've got this narrative arc. So we know that, you know, for our Microsoft business customers, they are at point A and they want to get to point B and we can help them. But what we say to them at the top of the funnel is vastly different than what we say to them at the bottom, which is why we need to overlay it with this external arc. So that's really breaking down pains, objections, questions at every stage. And then creating like cornerstone pieces of content to answer those questions, to overcome those pain points and objections, and then breaking those down into smaller pieces of content for the different channels. So for instance, um, you know, if you're talking to problem aware people and they're looking around for a solution and you think brand storytelling could really help them, you might do a big uh, piece of content. Maybe it's something like a, a YouTube or a podcast about you know, the the five benefits of brand storytelling or something rather. And then what you would do is you would break that piece of content down into smaller pieces of content. So, I mean, the first thing I would do is transcribe it, turn it into a blog article. Then I would take that blog article and turn it into LinkedIn posts and into Twitter posts. I would take the video and chunk it down into little micro snippets and put it onto stories and put it onto YouTube and those little snippets and so on. And so depending on what you start with will depend what you end up with. You know, if you start and end with written content, then you'll be kind of limited to written platforms. So if, if you say, oh, no, I don't want to go on a video, I don't want to do talking, then you're probably not going to succeed on TikTok or YouTube, you know. That's just mm-hmm. the nature of it. So to your question, it really, I think people do best on the platforms where they um, are most authentic and genuine and, and enjoy the experience. So if you're a writer, stick to written platforms. If you're a talker, go to talking platforms, you know. And if you're kind of comfortable doing both, then personally, I would always look where the audience hangs out. So whatever whatever platform your audience is on is the platform you want to be on. But you can also kind of dabble and see. Just really understand the touch points of your customer journey and where your audience is so that you can really target them across those different touch points And another piece of research I was just reading today was that um, there's an average of six different channels on which customers engage with brands before they buy. So there's a lot of channels for touch points, you know. So I guess it's balancing the whatever feels best for you with whatever your customer needs really to to get together, you know, to, to, to bring those two interests together. Wow, Elena, thanks for that. Uh, I'm laughing because of I'm being so amazed by all of the different insights, uh, Helena. And it's just so flooding with with all all important knowledge. So I don't typically do this, but you might have noticed me, Elena, trying to scramble some some thoughts (laughs) here and there. Um, I, I didn't mean to be rude, but I was trying to to capture some of the key points. I don't think I can summarize everything, but I felt 
Helena, you just shared so many tons of wisdom related to brand storytelling. And I hope you'll allow me to just sort of cite very quickly before I ask the last question. I don't typically do this, but this is one of the episodes that it's it's really making it difficult for me to catch up with the right follow-up question because there are so many very important uh, thoughts that you were sharing. Uh, the first one that I got though, Helena, is story-driven marketing is really branding plus storytelling. So they'll just have to go back to, to the earlier part of this conversation. So the second part is brand storytelling essentially must be done in phases, I think, in relation to the first one. Uh, the third is one of the focus, if not the main focus, should really be on your customer's transformation journey and how your brand can help them with that. Uh, I love your two big misconceptions. One is the difference between protagonist versus hero in the storytelling world. The second is not everything needs to be a story. Uh, and then on the last item where you talk more deeply on the executional plan, you have to focus first on what is your key content driver, whether that's writing or speaking, and then you relate it to your most authentic platform. What I got is you don't necessarily have to be present in everything, um, but you have to be strategic. Say you start with writing, your ultimate goal is how do you now repurpose those if, for example, in a couple of social media platforms, if your main is content writing, uh, which are long-form content? But the ultimate guide would really be identify the touch points where your brand can be the most authentic, but at the same time, making sure that these are the touch points where your audience hang out. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I don't think that gives enough justice because there are just so many things, but those are some of the key points that I wanted our audience to, to make sure they, they get uh, from this conversation. Uh, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> thanks. It's so many. There's so many. And I can really see yeah. how you're an expert at this and how you're very passionate. But I'm also quite conscious of your time, Helena. I know you're you're very busy. So let me ask this final question. Uh, in, in this special episode series, I always try to make this a bit personal in the end because I know there are so many strategic tactical points. So my question now is, why do you love storytelling and what do you consider is the most powerful aspect of stories? Ooh, good question. I've always been a storyteller. I, um, when I found some old books from when I was a kid, the stories I wrote, sometimes it just blows my mind. I don't think I could write stories that good now. And that to me just shows that it's something we're born with and then we lose it. And that's, you know, me, my personal path, I went to uni and I spent a long time in academia and I really lost that kind of innate gift for storytelling because you get so hung up writing academic papers and jargon and all this stuff. And all of a sudden your writing has gone from being, you know, authentic and engaging and it has that natural up and down to just being like, you know, <laughs> And that's what I see in business and that's what I see in academia. And, and, you know, those are the places I've spent the longest time hanging out in my adult life. And so I guess I'm driven by just bringing that element of connection and playfulness back into communication because I think everyone enjoys that, right? So I don't, I haven't met a university professor. I haven't met a CEO who enjoys being communicated to the way that they typically get communicated to, which is, you know, long paragraphs of boring stuff. And yeah, we need to communicate some dry information a lot of the time, but there's always different ways to do that. And I think 
personally, I'm just on that mission to, to bring that actual communication and that, that humanness and that authenticity and that fun back into the into the communication. And storytelling is just so powerful when it comes to that. And I was actually testing this theory on my six-year-old the other day when I wanted him to do something. And I just told him, you know, go do this thing. And he, I was like, yeah, I was like, go, go put your shoes on because we're leaving. And he was like, I don't want to put my shoes on. And then I told him a story of when I was a child and I refused to put my shoes on, then my parents' friends who were going skydiving, they didn't take me with them. They were like, well, you could have come watch, but because you didn't put your shoes on, you're not coming. And I was devastated, you know, I, I missed out on this experience because I didn't listen. And so I told him this story and he was just awestruck, you know, and he's like perplexed, like looking at me, taking his shoes and starts putting them on. And I was like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was not a spectacular story, but stories just get people to act. They tap into emotion. They help people see, you know, kind of the, the consequences of not doing something or, you know, the benefits of doing something. They help people see that transformation and they are just so much more effective at communicating a message than if you just talk facts at someone or just tell someone what to do, you know? I love that, Helena. I, I have a I have my firstborn with, with our daughter and I definitely remember what you said about storytelling and she's just still like a six month old baby right now but soon I'll try to use that uh, storytelling way of like how you should make them act <laughs> but this has been truly lovely Helena I've learned so much and I'm sure our audience would really get so many nuggets of tactical wisdom and uh, many things about storytelling I appreciate your time and for being so generous in, in sharing those insights but before I let you go can you please tell us where's the best place for people to learn about you Tales Consulting and the work that you do yeah absolutely and first of all thank you so much for having me on I've really enjoyed our chat um, and I, I know I can be a bit full-on so I'm sorry if it's <laughs> if it's a lot to take in um, I just am really passionate about this stuff as you've identified. So if you want to learn more about me, what I do, my storytelling approach, or um, you know, just have this kind of written in a more coherent way than what I might have been able to express in the short conversation, probably the best way to do that is um, on our website, which is tales.co.nz, that's T-A-L-E-S.co.nz, or just connect with me on LinkedIn, Helena Mershtor, Maybe you can put that written down somewhere, Leonard, because no one knows how to spell my name. Um, and yeah, always happy to connect and, and build relationships, learn about people and just really have that nice, genuine human experience together. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure to link those up in our show notes, your website, uh, your your name to make sure it's correctly spelled. Um, but yeah, thanks again for being here, Elena. It's been lovely talking to you. I wish you all the best and may God bless you. Thank you for listening to Brand Start. If you want to learn more about brand development and how I help businesses build their brands, you can find me on LinkedIn and follow me on Instagram at Leonard Grape or visit our company's website at www.thevineyardbc.com. Hope you can also leave us a rating and help us help others by sharing this with a friend. See you in the next episode.